Okay, welcome back to Talking Knicks. I'm Tom Piccolo, uh, recording this on Sunday evening, uh, shortly after the Knicks lost on the road to the Phoenix Suns, 95 to 116. Um, we're going to talk about that game. We'll talk about the other games too. Uh, the Knicks actually went two and two, just as we predicted as a pod on the last podcast. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Quentin Grimes and RJ Barrett and all the stuff. So let's do it. Let's talk Knicks. All right, before we get to the Knicks talk, I'm joined by two co-hosts, uh, Kenny Poon, who has who's joined me every week of the season so far. Uh, Kenny, I'll start with you. How are you? Good. I'm good. I had a nice little weekend. It was my brother Greg's birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Greg. Uh, he couldn't join us today, largely because it was his birthday yesterday. Um, so I went, we went into the city, hung out with him. Uh, friend of the pod slash co-host, Jake was there uh first time i've seen him in a while so that was cool uh but we had a nice little nice little saturday went to went to get some dim sum in chinatown and then got some uh mm. went to see into the woods on broadway off broadway i don't know where broadway ends and off broadway begins but uh you saw nice it. little saw it saw it it's it and let me let me just i don't know if this this is for uh what else is on or if I should just tell you now like it was an interesting show because like the first half of it's like a happy fairy tale and then you're like oh it's over and it's like no it's intermission and then there's the second half and the second half is much darker than mm -hmm. the first half so if, if you're going to see it just be aware that if you leave after the first half like it you'll probably be happier than if you wait <laughs> to the, end of the, the play there's a tone that uh that delightful laugh on the other line that is none other than big baby david bbd it's been a while since you've been on talking nicks yeah uh, that it has been a while it has been a while it's good to be back yeah well it's it's a lot of they've been terrible baseball kept happening uh, uh i mean this week it was kind of the first one i was like oh i watched a good amount of each game i straight up didn't watch the warriors game let's get ahead of that um, cause I spent my weekend at, at my grandma's funeral yesterday. So both we're all partying and a uh, celebration of life. Um, yeah. Yeah. So came back from that. Had a mostly relaxed day to, to those goddamn Knicks and the giants disappointed too. bad New York sports day. Jets had a devastator. I don't care about them personally, but that was a bad one. Not Cowboys a great are Sunday. doing it. Ugh. For the New York sports, but we'll we'll start with the good here. Um, so we started the week with a win over Utah in Utah, 118-111. This was a Utah team that had like recently kind of hit a little skid, but I mean their record was very good going into this. So it's not like the, the Knicks were favored by any means. We were kind of coming off our own a skid of our own. So um I'd say like the big thing that stood out to me in this one was quickly kind of spurred an eleven to two run to start the fourth. And that built a lead. And then Jalen Brunson really brought us home. Kenny, as our resident Jalen Brunson expert, anything you wanted to talk about in this one from the from the Jazz game? I mean, he was, he was a stud. Yeah, I mean, I think those two things that you touched on were, were the big things. I think Emmanuel Quickly's third quarter was exceptionally good. Uh, I think, you know, he hit, I believe, two straight threes. I know he hit two threes in the quarter. I believe it was um, potentially on back-to-back -back possessions. But, you know, for a guy who hasn't been shooting well, that was big. And then... In the fourth quarter, uh, you know, to close it out, 
um, Jalen Brunson just doing what Jalen Brunson has been doing all season, just like making big buckets. And I I say it to you guys, but like every time I see him make a shot, like in that mid range area, like it always seems like a highlight. Like his footwork is impeccable, and you know he's just very yeah. Crafty is overused for lefties, but he's just so crafty around the hoop, and he just you know looks so good playing basketball that you know I am tempted to to clip every single one of his highlights because he's just been phenomenal. So that, like you said, those are the two high points for me on that game as well. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Brunson, just every, every shot he makes looks like cool. And that's been very refreshing. And he's been for the most part, a very, a very stabilizing presence. It's been, that's been welcome. What, what we've needed for years. Yeah, and I'll I'll jumping onto that like that's something the Knicks haven't had in years like because R.J. Barrett and uh, Julius Randle like say what you will about them they they don't look it's not fun to watch them barrel into people and just like use strength to to score buckets like Jalen Brunson gets his buckets by being like clever and you know having a tight dribble and you know, making moves and things like that so like it's it's fun to watch and and it's something that the Knicks haven't had in a while. He's super skilled. No, totally. The the hand-eye coordination, the footwork, like it's it's pretty wild. He had some shots even today against Phoenix that really blew my mind. But um, that was a really nice win against Utah. And I was saying before we, we started recording, like if we'd flipped these these four games, like if we'd started with two losses and finished with two wins, I think the, the tenor of this podcast would be very different. We'd be very positive. Um, and so if you, if you hear any negativity coming through, it's because we're coming off two straight losses, but we can't forget, like that was a very nice win against Utah. And we followed it up with a really nice win in Denver. Granted, they were without Nikola Jokic. They were without Aaron Gordon, who I think would have been their best option to guard Julius Randle. But look, Nick stepped up. Julius Randle played some hero ball in the, in that fourth. And I think that the highlight that everyone remembers is Julius Randle going to the floor diving on a ball and uh, and getting into Jalen Brunson for a dunk in that fourth quarter in crunch time. Uh, the Knicks won this one, 106 to 103. Um, BBD, did you catch this one? I did. Yes, that was that was kind of the signature moment of the game. And obviously the, the Nuggets were missing a bunch of their high-end talent, including the, the MVP. So that's just the way it goes sometimes. And, and credit to the Knicks for, uh, you know, you, you play the games you've got and they actually – played well as a whole in this one and, and came through with a win against a team that is better than them, which has been kind of rare this year. Yeah, and then it's not it's not like the Jet or the the Nuggets didn't have talent because, you know, Jamal Murray's still he's coming off of injury. Like he looked pretty good, at least in yeah. the beginning. I think he sl- he slowed down the second second part of that game. And Michael Porter Jr. is a good player um as well. So like it's not like they were devoid of talent and uh like this game counts the same as if they had those players so you know you have to win the games that you have so you can't can't fault the knicks for beating a team that doesn't have their best player no it's been the case several times this season and and we'll definitely you know bank all those wins that we can um i think that yeah a couple other highlights from this one um well i guess maybe a low light I, i feel like rj barrett was kind of the only guy who did not play well in this one um, and that was sort of a theme throughout the week. I know we'll, we'll mm-hmm. have a standalone conversation about RJ, but I think that, you know, it's only right to highlight that he, he went four of 18 in this one, including O of nine from three. And he really looked like he was just trying to shoot himself out of it. 
there was kind of that Dion Waiters mentality where he, when he said, I think I'd rather go O of 20 than like O of nine, because O of nine meant I lost my confidence, something to that effect. Um, and, and RJ really was trying, he was, you can't fault him for a lack of aggression, but it would have been nicer if he were less aggressive. Mm-hmm. But you know we'll we'll get more into into RJ a little bit later. Yeah, um, I was, was going to say the other things that stick out about these, uh, namely RJ. I, I think he gets a bigger conversation after we we get through these games. Yeah, and, and again Brunson was solid in this one, and and Cam Reddish. I know he didn't like put up huge numbers, but he was just he was he's been solid. He was solid through those first two wins, and then in this next game against the Golden State Warriors which um, the final score, I think it was just a 10 point. It was, yeah, 111 to 101, the Warriors won. And it felt like the disparity should have been much greater than that. But the Knicks kind of hung around with a lot of free throw shooting. Um, and Cam Reddish, unfortunately, got injured in this when he tweaked his groin. And so that's going to lead to some some Quentin Grimes talk down the road. But um, I don't know. I know you said you didn't really watch this from BBD. This was one where Jalen Brunson had a very uncharacteristic game of him for him. He was two of 13 from the field. Um, RJ can continue to struggle. He was just one of six from behind the arc, six and 19 overall. This game was not fun to watch. Um, just my, my two cents. It was like the worst games you've ever seen quickly and top and play together. They finished. Hmm. Oh, of 10 from the field combined. And they uh, quickly turned the ball over three times. Like he was, really, really bad, bad decision-making. Um, and I don't know if it was whether they were tired. There are rumors that like people were sick or, you know, that they, they, I know Mike Green kept saying that RJ was sick and it sounded like some other guys were too, but uh, the guys, they, they played like it too. Yeah. And you started it off with Brunson. He it's by far his worst game looking, I mean, just by box score, the, the it, it's a stark, stark difference from literally every other game he's played this year. Uh, he has like one three of ten game, but but that doesn't really compare. And then he immediately bounces back. And at the time of recording this today's game, so not worried about that at all. Uh, and yeah, I mean, obviously Golden State hasn't gotten off to the start to the year they wanted, but the defending champs. I wasn't expecting a win coming in, but uh, but yeah, yeah. Kenny, any, any takeaways from that one, or is it just dump it, trash it? This one's garbage. I mean, I like. The thing is, the start of this game, the first quarter, was rough. Like, Clay Thompson, who has not been shooting at all, like, made a bunch of shots. You know, Steph Curry, who has been shooting well, made a bunch of shots. And, like, it's just, it's weird, because I, I look down through the box score, and I try to remember what happened, because, you know, my, my memory at this point is is enough for, for one game. But it's, like, the fact that the Knicks only lost by 11, and, like, it looks like no one had a good game, like, I... I don't know if I should be encouraged by that, but like I feel like there is something there, and maybe it's just kind of the way that the NBA is is at this point that like people make runs, and sometimes the runs in the first quarter, sometimes the runs in the third quarter, but like teams on both ends are are making runs. Yeah, the big one, like the what helped the Knicks stay in this one, like I said, was the free throw shooting. They went thirty two for thirty four, ninety four percent from the line on, on thirty four attempts. That's really good. Hmm. Uh, for a Knicks team that really doesn't do that well from the free throw line, that um, comparatively the Warriors shot 11 of 20 from the free throw line. So there was a huge disparity there. Um, and that definitely kept him in it. I think um, Brunson did a really good job of getting defenders up in the air. I think he liked going at Jordan Poole a lot. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's much more to say on that one. We can get I'll, to the, uh, yeah. Uh, let me just throw in one thing. Like, I, I think it is understandable um, that the Knicks started out slow in this game. They were com- they were coming off, you know, one of the harder back-to-backs in the NBA and going to Utah and then about the following night going to uh, Denver and playing at altitude um, with a limited roster and with, you know, you know, some illness going around the team. So to come out with those two wins, like, a letdown in the first quarter of, of this game isn't, you know, I don't think it's anything that is the worst thing to happen. Like, I think it's a little bit understandable. Um, but at the same time, you, you'd like to see them kind of come off those two wins stronger. Yeah. In the context of, of what this season has been, sure, you don't don't like it, but it's uh, it's not one that I lose sleep over compared to some other some other games this year. All right, yeah, I think that covers it for the Warriors game. And then we can talk about today's game a little bit. Um, Knicks lost to the Suns. Uh, I mean, look, I think they were just kind of outclassed in general. They gave up a ton of open threes. It was mostly in the second half. Um, I mean, I know even even in the fourth quarter, I think that the the Knicks had tied it, or third quarter, the Knicks had tied it. I think it was 60 to 60. But then um, to end the third and throughout the fourth, it was just kind of a – a route. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious, BBD, you watch this one. What did you think of this one? Yeah. I mean, eventually, uh, you know, they, they hang on for that first half and that was mostly good. Uh, eventually they, yeah. Outclass is a good way to put it. Devin Booker finds himself in a little bit of a run in the, in the second half there and, and kind of pulls them ahead for good. Sort of just, just the way it goes. He's the best player on the floor. And some the, in basketball, it's sort of the the not so secret thing. His best player controls a lot of what happens. Yeah, and I'll. It, I feel like uh, we we have to remind the viewers uh, that Derek Rose got injured in this game, um, yes. and I know we, we've had a lot of conversations about him not playing a ton of minutes, uh, but the game was very close and possibly tied when um, Jalen Brunson went out after, you know, just a tremendous run. I think he scored uh, nine straight points um, and then came out for, for Deuce McBride, who was replacing Derek Rose as the backup point guard. And from there, uh, Phoenix just went off. And so I think there was something to, you know, the, the fact that the Knicks didn't have their normal backup point guard uh, there to, because, because typically their bench has been, outperforming other benches uh whereas tonight you know once once deuce mcbride came in and, and jalen brunson left the floor the knicks just got blown out from there on and uh when he came back in the fourth quarter you know the game was kind of out of hand at that point um so something something to think about just because i know we, we've talked about so, that rose hasn't been playing great in some of these games and his his role has diminished but he still you know runs that second unit and that's something that the knicks need yeah, the the like silver lining to that is that like Deuce personally looked all right, so maybe they will start mixing him into that group more, so it isn't just a straight up annihilating the chemistry that that group has together. Um, I think a lot of people would like to see more, a little more Deuce anyway, but uh, I don't know. It seems like with with Rose out or or at least banged up moving forward, uh, they should be able to mix him in and try to make that not an immediate drop-off situation. Yeah, we'll see how long Rose is out for. Um, and we should note that this was the first game that Cam Reddish sat with the with the groin injury. He said he sustained 
he said likely guarding Steph Curry is what triggered it. Um, but that allowed for Quentin Grimes to to start and play in this one. And he, he was really good. I mean, I know just looking at the numbers, he was four of 10 from the field, just one of five from three. Um, but he had, he had a career high eight assists to just one turnover. His playmaking looked very strong. He was attacking closeouts. Um, he was a very good defender. He was easily the best two-way player, particularly to start the game that the Knicks had. And I was really impressed considering he hadn't played much in the, in the games previous. Um, I, believe... I know we've kind of had some, some differing opinions on necessarily why that might be. Um, I've, I do think it's a little strange that it took an injury to Cam Reddish for him to like actually see to, like real, real time minutes. on the floor. And, um, and the fact that he was, he looked healthy. He was, he had some real pop. He, like I said, he was attacking closeouts. He looked quick. Um, so this didn't look like a guy who was like just getting over an injury. So I, I guess I'm, you know, the reason why can't, uh, Quentin Grimes played last year was because of like COVID and, and various injuries. And it looks like he's going to be, you know, see some time again because of that. But it's just, we know this is a guy who can impact the game in a, in a positive way. Um, and especially in previous games, when we saw RJ Barrett struggling with illness and just really not producing, like being actively harmful to the team, it's just a little strange to me that Quentin Grimes wasn't in the rotation at that time, kind of soaking up some of those terrible RJ minutes. Oh, and I, I want to just let the viewers know of our back channel uh, discussions on our uh, on our own private uh, group chat because I am of the opinion that the Knicks have been bringing Quentin Grimes along slowly because of his injury. Um, you know, we saw a few games where he paid, played five minutes, five minutes, and then didn't play for a few games. He had a game where he played 15 minutes and then didn't play the following few games. And to me, that says that they were testing out the foot, seeing if there was any issues, and then, you know, resting him as much as they possibly could before getting him back onto the court. Uh, I know Wally said that of plantar fasciitis, that that's kind of the way that you have to handle it is, you know, you just have to rest. You can't, you, you can't over, overexert yourself on the foot. Otherwise you can, you know, the, the, the injury will linger. Um, so that's my opinion, but that is not the opinion of everyone on this pod. Quite specifically, Tom and Greg do not necessarily agree with that assessment. I, I think that's a very generous reading of it on your part. And that's, you know, speaks to your generosity, I think. But I also believe that they've said before that he does not have plantar fasciitis. And so I think Wally might have been mistaken on that because even recently on the broadcast, they've said it was not plantar fasciitis. It, um yeah, I'm looking at Stefan Bondi in a tweet from November 10th. Practice fully today. He's undergone two MRIs. Pain flared up in the game versus Philly. It says it's not plantar fasciitis and surgery is not needed. So I, I don't know that Wally was right on with that one. But um, look. But, but what the 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 point that Bondi also mentioned there is that the, the pain flared back up. So I think that still speaks to they're giving him some minutes, letting him test it out, and then taking their time. But Again, like I don't want to spend too much time on this because I don't know that we're going to come to consensus because we don't have you know insider information on anything. But I guess my point would be just if his foot, if there were still this lingering pain by now. I mean, this we're talking about November fourth. It's now November twentieth. Um, if if the pain were still an issue, if if bringing him back too soon were still an issue, you wouldn't have played him thirty something minutes in this game. You know what I mean? Like it, it, you wouldn't have like thrown caution to the wind just because Cam Reddish were, was out, like you would find ways around that if, if like his health were, were actually in question. 
again, like, I don't want to continue to litigate this point just because, like, I could, could, like, I, what I was saying is they, I think that they were being overly conservative because this is the guy that they just held out of a trade for, for Donovan Mitchell. So, like, I think it's quite possible that he is fine, but they're just giving him extra time to rest um, and then bringing him along slowly. And, like, once the injury to Cam Reddish happened, then their, their hand was kind of forced. And I know we've also disagreed on the point of, whether or not Fournier could have played. But again, I don't want to dive too much into that point because I don't think it's what the what the people want to be listening to. It's, yeah, not not full, fully worth it. And yeah, overall, the point is, I, I believe Grimes came into today with 42 minutes played all season, and he, he approaches doubling that in one day. He gets 32 minutes tonight, and, and it looked really good in his first unleashing. Obviously, the shooting numbers... Not quite there, but he had a a playmaking ability today that I never saw last year, and uh, not that I not that there was never a chance that it would come out, but figure his his ceiling is a very good three and D guy. He breaks out eight assists, one turnover game in his first real action. That was fun, fun to see. Yeah, and he plays and good. He, and he was like really creating looks for his teammates, right? Like I've said they before, were, that they were real assists. Yeah. Exactly. Like the NBA can be very generous with their stat keeping and, and giving assists to guys who don't necessarily, you know, actually contribute to, to the offensive player making the shot. But Quentin Grimes was really finding guys and creating open looks for his teammates, driving, drawing two defenders, kicking it out, making quick decisions. Like he was, he looked awesome. So um, yeah, the, some of the threes, the threes he takes sometimes are, are extremely contested. I would love to see some, some more open looks for him. Um he is such a high release that it's hard for defenders to actually affect his shot, but guys are in his airspace. Uh, so I would, you know, I, I, I tweeted out that the Knicks kind of ran the same play on offense over and over again today. They ran the Spain pick and roll. There was one point in the to start the first quarter. They just ran it three consecutive times and the Phoenix Suns saw it coming a mile away every time. Like by the time they got to the third time, the Suns were like, what do you do? We know we just switched this. Like, so um, I tweeted about it, but it's it's very strange that like we have other plays. We can get open looks. All of these resulted in like contested long twos. So that was a little frustrating for me from a schematic standpoint. Um, we've seen the Knicks run plays that that work. So their reliance on the Spain pick and roll today was very strange. I know that's a little in the weeds, but um, I thought it was notable because I'd like to see guys like Quentin Grimes get more open looks. Um, one guy who who did get some open looks and still wasn't hitting is RJ Barrett. So I think we need to have the RJ discussion. We got to talk about it. Guys, what, what's going on here? It's bad. Uh, there, there's been a lot of talk about he's been sick, and you know I have no reason to not, not to believe that's the case. Uh, when he was sitting playing on a bench like in Denver, yeah, <laughs> been playing like it. Uh, when he was sitting on the bench in Denver, he was wearing a mask. Um, so I have to believe like he is actually sick. And I don't think that's helping him um the, i think he looked a little more like himself this game um while still not shooting well uh but the last two games in particular like he couldn't get up he couldn't do anything and then even today now that i'm thinking about it like he got blocked several times in you know very aggressive fashion uh which you know it happens on occasion but like it happened three or four times today so maybe you know maybe still today he wasn't even at his best um so like I don't know how much um, I want to blame illness because he wasn't playing particularly well before that, but you know, certainly um, being sick has not helped his case. 
BBD, are you worried? Hard not to be. I mean, I I hate to play play around too much with with some of this stuff, but he, you know, we're in this is fourth season now. He's uh not the first, he improved a lot year to year in the previous year, so I don't want to discredit that. But we're he certainly hasn't improved this year, and and now the the defense, which you you and I have talked about a lot offline, but uh, the defense has has been lacking. He really only has looking at his game log, like by box score, two good games, and one of them is against Detroit, which doesn't really count. Uh, sorry, Detroit, but. <laughs> it's just been it's been bad and and at least offensively certainly gets worse today i was trying to watch specifically for him and at least anecdotally the defense was not as bad but again that's just when i was watching for it he was okay um it's 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 worrisome and it's right after right after you give the guy the contract i'm not trying to say rj's not a not motivated anymore. That's uh, that would be very rude, but uh, but that that is a, a thing in the NBA. That guys get a contract, and yeah, it, it just starts falling apart quick. Yeah, and he's been like getting to the line a little bit and and making his free throws. You know, there are all these times he gets a trip to the line, and, and Wally or someone will say like, maybe this will get him going, and it just hasn't. Um, yeah. I, I would like, you know. The last like two him. games of free throws are better. Yeah. So that's good. I like when RJ um, is really looking to create for his teammates. Like if, if he doesn't have it going himself, then he starts uh, finding open looks for his teammates. I believe in that Warriors game, he finished with five assists, which is tied for a season high for him. Yeah. And yeah, you know, five assists, still three turnovers. And some of those turnovers were ghastly, like, like pick six type, like going going the other way, easy bucket. But five, his five assists, I looked at all five of them. They were all legit. They were all legit assists. And so if he could be that guy and like mitigate the the bad decisions, the turnovers, I don't care if he's like ever overly efficient. I'd like to see him hit like 35% from three. I think that's, that's about his career average. I don't care if he's a 20 point per game guy. It's just like, he has to be not, actively harmful to the team and that's what he's been of late and and honestly for the better part of the season um other than just like making his open threes Kenny what do you what do you think he needs to do better like how can he get out of this uh, it's tough because i put the last three games in kind of a different camp than the prior games like before that the big conversation was like he just wasn't finishing on the rim and you know, still isn't, uh, but now the three-point shooting has also become a major concern just because he shot so poorly. But I think in order for him to to take that next step offensively, like bigger picture, he has to start. I think that the threes gonna, are going to come along. Just a reminder that I think two years ago, um, I don't know if it was to start the season or shortly after that, he had a 0 for 21 or 0 for 22 stretch. Mm. Um, so like, I'm, I, I think eventually he's going to come around on that, but like I need to see him be able to finish at the rim uh, with some regularity. And like, like you said, Tom, the fact that he's getting um, to the free throw line now, like, is a little more. It's better because if he continues to not finish around the rim, but like gets free throws, like it all works the same for me. And those shots don't count as shots when you get fouled and miss the shot. So like, 
continue doing that, but maybe make a few um, as you're doing it, and I'll I'll be a happy guy. And, and he also just has to be smarter about when he attacks the rim. Like he did, he missed some today against Phoenix, where it was like, I mean, he'd beaten his man, got a great look at the rim, and just like flung it too hard off the backboard. And it's like, all right, man, like some something. I saw someone tweet he had the yips. Like that's kind of almost uh taboo to, to say something like that but there's something mental going on there where like these are shots he's made his entire career and all of a sudden he's, he can't seem to convert but there are also shots he takes that just get swatted that yeah like you said get blocked get um you know defended by multiple defenders and never have a chance and if he could just turn those into kickouts into looks for his teammates that's gonna help his his efficiency a great deal. And then the other thing I know, like we've, we've tried to like cut out the mid range game from, from the modern NBA, but sometimes if there are rim protectors back there, if he just pulled up from 15 feet, like that would be such a an, oh, wide open 15 footer pull up is such a better look than the shots he's been taking. I know that has not been his game on the season. He's only taken four long twos. Um, like, so outside the paint, two-pointers he's only taken he's one of four it's clearly not his game but like if he could just work on that in the offseason just have some some mid-range weapon so that defenders can't just load up on the rim and wait for him to barrel into them because right now he has no other options it'd be yeah it'd be great for him to build build that up as a as a backup plan yet give him more options and like you said it's just the well, yeah, what we're what you're looking for is a second like plan of attack when like your threes aren't falling. We want you to be able to do other stuff. And and lately it's at least been he's getting to the line more and hitting those free throws. So that's cool. I think for for a few years now we've wanted those to lead to more kickouts for open threes for teammates. And year over year the the assist number just hasn't it hasn't changed. It's literally averaging three assists uh per game each of the last three years. So it's uh that would that would be a very big next step of the evolution for him that would go a, a very, very long way. Just to, to and I don't, work on just kickouts. Yeah. I, I don't and just going off of that, I don't want to keep piling on RJ, but like that kind of that point brings up the whole point that like when he came into the league, I think there was some expectation that he'd have a little playmaking ability. And we see once in a while like a phenomenal pass where it's just like, where did that come from? And then like the rest of the game, it looks like he's predetermined whether he is passing or shooting before the play even happens. And so, like, just a little more, like, figuring out what he does um, on those those situations and reacting to the play rather than making that predetermined. Because, like, I, d- I don't remember what it was, but, like, he had a, a very nice wraparound pass, like, defended by two guys under the basket. No idea how he saw uh, to Jericho Sims. Uh, that I think Sims ended up missing the basket or got fouled yep. um, a couple games ago, but like it's like where did that come from? Because I have not seen I see that like once every four or five games. And it's just like what if you just did that a little more? That would take some of the pressure off of you when you try to get to the basket, and it also create open looks for your teammates and help everyone. But have haven't seen that consistently yet. Yeah, we. I feel like we get one of those plays a week, give or give or take, and maybe. Let's get that up to like one of those plays a game. Be nice. That'd be really cool. Maybe that's asking a lot. Every other game, let's start there. I know he had a couple passes in that that second Detroit game. So and we're going back over a week now. But 
he threw one that was like this right-handed live dribble bullet to Obi Toppin in the corner. And, and I think Obi hit it off the side of the backboard, but it was like the most spectacular pass I've seen RJ throw. It was like before the defense expected it, it, it just, it w- was a pass you would not predetermine. It was something that would you would throw based on reading the defense. And it's like, dude, if you've got that in your bag, like, where has that been? Like, let, let's see more of that. Um, and Kenny, I remember that pass you're talking about to Sims, same, same deal, like really forcing the defense to react to you. And then, and then taking advantage of it is something he needs to work on. Um, and I, I think he can, but you know, we're, again, we're on, we're in year four, his assist per game numbers, his assist, his assist percentage numbers are about the, the same. They've stagnated throughout his entire career. So I don't know. It's, it's something we're obviously gonna be watching very closely. We're all rooting hard for RJ. Um, speaking for myself, I'm a big RJ fan, but, uh, this has been a really, a really trying time for us RJ fans because he he looks bad, his energy is low, and he he looks like he's not having any fun out there either. He's overthinking stuff. So, um, yeah, here, here's hoping that he can turn it around soon because the Knicks need him. The Knicks really need him. Love him. Yeah, and I I, I don't want to. I, I feel like we have been exceedingly negative because I still think that RJ is going to be a good player. And I think that all of this stuff is going to turn around, but just like right now he doesn't look good. Something just needs to, to be fixed. I don't know what exactly that'll be, but he needs to get something tweaked here, or there. And then I think he can get the, the season back on track, but uh, yeah. yeah, just and right it, now it's bad. Yeah. Cause again, like, the that O for twenty one or over twenty two the uh, whenever it was like I think he ended that season shooting forty percent from three so like it became a nice footnote it's like oh see how bad he was and see how much he improved through the season that he ended up shooting forty percent on the season like that's crazy um and like so I think you know I think he's going to get better as the season goes on just because it he he's off to a cold start and you know being sick also isn't helping him so. Uh, I think we're we're going to see him get better. It's just right now it's 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 not it's not fun to watch. It's not what the people should be watching. All right. I mean, any other storyline like when when Cam Reddish gets back, um, I think he's been one of the most pleasant surprises of the season. Like he's someone that I had very little faith in coming into this year, um, having watched him in Atlanta and uh, and watching him last season for the Knicks. I was very low on him. Like I'll admit. I was wrong on this guy. Like he's, he's been really active defensively. His block and steal percentages are both really high. Um, and he's just, he makes stuff happen. You know what I mean? He adds a little bit of athleticism, a little bit of burst that the, that the Knicks really don't have. Like to your point, Kenny, like RJ and Randall are are kind of more plodding and, and sort of uh, brute forces. Cam Reddish is kind of just um, graceful and like long and explosive and fun, like definitely different than Jalen Brunson, who's just like skilled. Whereas Cam Reddish has this next level of athleticism, not like the level of Jericho Sims, who's like a whole different beast, but Cam Reddish has this combination of skill and athleticism that is uh, uncommon with this squad. Yeah. I, uh, I will agree on kind of everything you just said. Uh, I also did not have high hopes for Cam Reddish coming into the season based mostly off of what we saw um, towards the end of last season, but I also I don't think I was very high on him even coming out of the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know he has, you know, he has all of these tools that we've talked about that you know he should be a good player. And this was we talked about this even when we 
you know, weren't high on him. He has the length. He has, he should be like an excellent defender. He has some shooting ability. He has some playmaking ability. And so like, it was all a matter of putting this all together. And it seems like, it seems like he's getting there. Um, Cause you know, there's still occasionally a play that is, you know, he, he doesn't make the right play. Like he tries to force something that's not there. He tries to force something spectacular rather than going with something, uh, you know, maybe a little safer. Um, but his, his defense in particular has been a lot more consistent than it has been, you know, in the past. And even I think to start the season when he was, you know, not playing, he, he wasn't playing well at the beginning of the season. Uh, and there was questions about whether, you know, he was going to make it into the lineup. And then you know, um, I think the, the Grimes injury really paved the way for him. Cause I think it was maybe the preseason. He just looked absolutely awful at every aspect of the game. Uh, so now I, I think it's kind of a, a nice, you know, turnaround for him, and it shows that other players, like I don't know, maybe R.J. Barrett, can uh, improve throughout the year and, and get back on track. Yeah, BBD, I want to hear your thoughts on Cam, but just real quick first. Um, one huge issue I had with Cam was his shot selection in years past. He like whether that was taking long twos. Um, I'm seeing when he was in Atlanta last year, he took 13 percent of his shots from long two, which is in the 83rd percentile among forwards like he took a lot of long twos in atlanta this year he's taking five percent of his shots from long two that's in the 32nd percentile he's taking nearly half of his shots at the rim and like that's awesome because he's shooting above average at the rim percentage wise and it's like i mean the shot selection thing he's taking all threes and shots at the rim i know i was just kind of you know hating on barrett for not having that mid-range game but look cam reddish isn't having the problems finishing to the degree that RJ has, you know what I mean? Like if you can get to the rim and finish at this clip, you do it, you know? So like that's, that's been really impressive for me. Yeah. I mean, Cam has been uh, one of the, the brightest spots on the team, probably second to just, Oh, Brunson looks like what we paid for. Um, but the next the biggest uh, positive would probably be, Oh, Cam Reddish is like a real player and, and he has some value and, he has, there's just like a grace to his game when he's right that, that like he has the ability to make like basketball look easy that not everybody on our team has. Like, like RJ, even at his best, I hate to pile on, just like it, it never looks incredibly simple. Or that, and Cam has a little bit of that to him. I'm very curious because Cam had started his last eight games before this injury, just where, um, where it all shakes out as far as starting lineup and all that, whenever he is ready to return, just because he had been playing well and and was starting, but it also looks like Grimes is doing everything we need from him. If that continues, it'll be an interesting conversation when that comes. But uh, yeah, man, the, the two of them yeah. together in a lineup, like those are two very good defensive wings. Like Quentin Grimes is probably more fundamentally sound, but if you're talking about like combining upside with that length and the motor, like those two guys on the wing are going to be a real problem for opponents. And so I'm excited to see them play together when it finally happens. Um, what one note I want to make on the, on the rotation stuff. We had three centers play in this game against Phoenix today. Um, Mitchell Robinson returned from injury. So he played just under 17 minutes. Isaiah Hartenstein started and played just over 15 minutes. And then Jericho Sims played 16 minutes himself. I do want to just shout out Jericho Sims. We haven't talked about him yet. He was awesome in Mitch's absence. Like he, I think he was, he was really strong. He's, he's got this next level athleticism that we talked about, but he's also just been a, a real presence defensively, very active. Another guy with a great motor. 
And, um, and that athleticism, like he grabs those rebounds at their apex, like higher than just about anybody I can think of. It's, it's really incredible. And so I just wanted to give Jericho Sims a little love because I'm curious to see what his role is going to be once Mitch Rob is back kind of at full capacity. And I think that's going to be the question going forward because he should be an NBA rotation player, but I don't know if there's going to be room for him. Yeah, I, um, I, I, one thing that I have noticed just not to, not to be the detractor is like, I feel like without Mitch on the floor um, and I, I'm trying to look up the stats now, but it's taking me a bit. I feel like the Knicks have just been rebound, uh, out-rebounded tremendously. And, um, you know, I, I don't know that that is all the fault of Hardenstein and, and Sims. But, um, you know, the fact that it looked, it seems to me just by the eye test that they're getting out-rebounded without Mitch, like, it's concerning. Um, but I, I, I agree, like, Sims has been um, great energy. And, you know, uh, the, the fast-twitch muscles have been impressive. And, even a couple times he's gotten out on the perimeter and played passable defense on some guards. It's like this, this is definitely an NBA rotation player. Definitely. Unfortunately for him, he just clearly is when healthy, the the third best center on this team. It's just how it shakes out, but all the tools are there and he, he already is at a level where he should at least be in a rotation. And he, he has the fun factor. Uh, obviously he, he's a highlight pretty much every game he plays any sort of real minutes. Well, it's, it's tough with Isaiah Hardenstein given how he's been used on this team, because, you know, what was kind of advertised to us was how great of a passer he was. And just looking at how, you know, his role in Cleveland last year, he was assisting on 19% of his team's assists. That was in the 92nd percentile for bigs this year. It's below 5%. Like he's, he's not, playmaking at all for teammates so like that's a skill set he very much has that, and that we need we need someone to create shots for, for guys um and it's it's tough because he doesn't have the athleticism that a sims or a robinson does or the length so we do get killed when he's out there on you know on the glass and he doesn't protect the rim as well as the other these other guys he doesn't have the, the length of the tools for it so it's like is hardenstein really being used properly is my question because I, I think that he, if he's not going to be giving us the, the offensive benefits, if he's just going to be like screening and diving, just like Sims and Mitch do, then I don't think he really, you know, needs to be out there as much, frankly. Yeah. And that's, that's an interesting point. Uh, just because yeah. I think that Hardenstein, uh, they brought him in to be a different look and specifically potentially, you know, some the passing and, and a little bit more shooting than, than you'd, you'd have. But the fact is that Tibbs plays the same way and he ha- he likes rim, rim running big men and Hartenstein, that's not his game. Uh, so like, because like historically, Noel, when he was playing, was just very much like a much worse version of Mitch where all he did was protect the rim and like all, he couldn't do anything other than dunk the ball. Um, Hartenstein is not that way. Um, and Sims is a little more just like a kind of more Mitch type of player. So like, it's an interesting point about who ends up shaking out of this lineup, uh, depending on what Tibbs wants to do. It's a great point, Kenny, that, that Hartenstein would ideally give more diversity to this offense, you know, that we have different looks to go to against different defenses and, you know, Hartenstein, like he's got that that mid-range game to him. And I think the point I've seen made on Twitter has been like Tibbs has had very good passing bigs before. Joe Kim Noah 
was not used in this rim diving role, right? Like Hardenstein can be used in a similar way where he's creating from the elbows and guys are cutting off of him. And, you know, we, we even saw that in like preseason. We saw a little bit of that towards the beginning of the season. And it just hasn't been a focus of this offense. It's been kind of a bummer because it, it creates this kind of hom- hom- homogenous offense. That I, you know, I really struggled on that word, but <laughs> that's sort of, a, that's kind of where we're at. And it, it's stagnates the offense and it lo- leads to um, some really, really ugly possessions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just something I'm, I'm, I want to look out for is to see if like Hardenstein's role might change. And if not, then like, he's not going to be as good as Sims or Mitch Rob at the things that he's being asked to do. Yeah, that's yes. kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. I think that's All a valid right. point and definitely something that I will now be watching for. Cause it's something I didn't think about until we had this conversation. So good job, Tom. Well, I, th- I think that's kind of all I, I had to, to discuss about the, the week that was um, want to take a quick look at the, the upcoming games. And then get into what else is on. Please. I can't wait to get to what else is on. All right. Um, so this week we will be wrapping up the, the road trip against the Oklahoma City Thunder on Monday. That's a team that we gave up 145 mm-hmm. points to in regulation just a week ago. Um, I don't expect that to happen again. Um, then... We've got a few days off for Thanksgiving. The next game isn't until Friday. So between Monday and Friday, there's going to be several days off. That'll be nice for RJ, I think, to clear his head. Um, He's going to go home. He's going to be able to watch some tape and kind of distance himself a little bit. I'm I'm hoping for an RJ bounce back game on Friday against the Portland Trailblazers at MSG. Um, And then Sunday, 6 p.m. game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Memphis, we played... In the, in the opener, the season opener, lost in overtime. So uh, those are always fun games against the Grizzlies. They're always competitive. So I'm excited for that one too. Um, BBD, I'll start with you. What are you thinking for a record this week? Well, I don't see a loss with this Knicks team. Um, no. I do think uh, this OKC game going into a, a lengthy break after, it'll be – I think the, the they will be very motivated – to win that one. We'll see if they actually win. Uh, it's very important. They don't get embarrassed. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm hoping that one's that a dub. Important. They can, they can ride that for a few days. And uh, uh, Portland, what, what have they been up to? What, what's Por- their team? Portland's, like? Portland's having a very good season. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're 10 and six they're right teams. now, but they're five and five in their last 10. So they, they did start pretty hot. Um, but yeah, just 500 in their last 10. So they are, they're actually enough. six and two on the road. So they've been better on the road than at home. So that's something to think about when they teams come to MSG pretty fired up. So that, that worries me a little bit. Yeah, expect um, a big Dame game that day. Big Dame game. I, I want to say real quick on the on the OKC Thunder thing. Like SGA was a real matchup problem in that first one, but I like Quentin Grimes against him. Like if, if Grimes will still be in the rotation, obviously, and so I, I do like that matchup a little bit better. He's not going to stop SGA, but just to slow him down a bit because RJ was not the answer, um, and I, I really like Quentin Grimes there. So I think that's that's one thing to note for that one. Uh, I'm with you that the, the Trailblazers game might be a little dicey, but um, and I, so did you give them a record, BBD? 
Uh, three and oh, Knicks are the best. I am uh, seeing the Blazers injury report. Lillard looks like he will be missing a game or two to a right cat, which means which means that will probably be his return back from an injury. So whatever the Damian Lillard points over under is on DraftKings, uh, you should you should probably pick the over. He's coming back from an injury at the Garden. It's good. Uh, good betting tips from uh, Big Baby David. I'm gonna go. I always like want to go optimistic, and like I feel like the the real answer here is one and three, but or one and two. But I, as the optimist that I always try to be, I'm, I'll go. I'll go two and one. You can steal one of those. You gotta steal beat OKC. And then steal one of those other ones. You're at home for the others, right? After some, after some R and R, and like Tom said, I think the Memphis games are all, always interesting. I think RJ Barrett in particular gets hyped up for those. So, like after some time to clear his head, I think that might be his opportunity to kind of break out because John Morant drafted number two, RJ Barrett drafted number three in the same draft. So, like they have a little bit of a, a history, and and I. You know, hoping that that lights a fire under RJ and gets him back on track. I like this as yeah, a lane think, to wake him up. I think that one and one and two is probably the most likely, but I've been a little pessimistic. And I mean, look, this is a 500 team, pretty much. The team is what are we eight and nine at this point? Um, two and one would bring us right back to 500. That's fair and I and likely. So I'll go. Let's go optimistic. We'll go two and one as a podcast. That's the prediction. We were right last week. And we'll probably be right this week too. Um, always right. Always right. If if not, BBD will edit this entire conversation. No, appreciate it. It didn't happen. Yeah. All right. Uh, so should we go to America's favorite sub podcast? What else is on? We should. I'd love it. Uh, Who wants to start? We haven't heard from BBD in a while. BBD, yeah. what else is on? When you're not watching the Knicks, what are you popping on? Tom, you'll really appreciate this. I just finished uh, a show this weekend. Um, it's called a, a Friend of the Family. It's about a pedophile that uh, abducts a child. And then he, and then uh, the, they eventually return. It's a true story. There's a, yeah. there's a documentary about it as well. This is a... This is a... Uh, a dramatized a, version? Yeah, dramatized version. Um, and then, you know, they bring her home, and then about two years later, he does abduct her again. True story. I thought you'd really like it. Um, well, I do like that. So it stars Jake Lacey, I see. He's really um, good. He's he's the pedophile, and he looks a little like you. That is high praise <laughs> for me to look like Jake Lacey. Uh, Kenny, for your reference, that's the the spoiled guy from season one of White Lotus. Okay. Uh, yeah. New gym. Oh, yeah, new gym. That's not new what gym. I was going to call him. BBD, did you go to Scranton recently? I saw some pictures while we're on the Did I go to here. Scranton? I technically drove by this weekend on, on the way to uh, my grandma's, but uh, did, did I don't I think see... I posted something. In. Did you I not see Oh, oh, I went to an, an office, uh, ex- the office experience pop up thing in DC. Ah, okay, yeah, that was a DC. week ago. Never mind. It was in DC. Sorry to get us off track. No, it was, it's all good. It was cool. Uh, and the, uh, uh, and the other things I was watching, uh, girlfriend and I just finished Only Murders in the Building. She hadn't seen it yet. I had. What'd she think? Uh, she liked it. She watched both seasons? 
Yeah, we watched we watched both over the like two weeks uh, before I I watched this show. I guess I was watching it at the same time. So wait, Beebs, just real quick, do you recommend a friend of the family? I, I see it's it on was Peacock. a good it was a good watch. It's on Peacock. My first time watching a show on Peacock. Um, Never done that. Yeah, it's my first time going over there, but uh, but I know my parents had an account, so I so I sauced the login, went over there. Uh, it's a, it's a wild story. I mean, it's a re- it's real and there's documentaries and stuff. So it, I don't think spoilers are a thing. But if if you want, I, I I can tell you this guy crazy, obviously. But he also like manipulates the other set of parents. Like so, he in between in the period in between abductions bangs the other mom, like the mom of oh. the girl he he abducted. That is crazy. A spoiler. Yeah, banged her. Two years before the first abduction, he get he gets the dad to do him fa- a, a little favor in the car. If you catch yes, my, I don't even want to know. I don't want to know. This is so it's a stuff. it's a wild story, and it, you know it's all it's a, it's all out there. I don't think spoilers exist because it's just a real story. But That's, I gave everybody chances yeah. to skip it. Besides you guys in here, and I knew all, all right. that going in. It was fun. What are you Friends guys? Friends of the watching? family, murder only murders in the building. Um, Kenny, what else? What else have been on for you? Uh, that was BBD coming in hot on uh on his first. What else is on? And I, I I'm here. I'm here <laughs> for it. Um, I tend to Just watch. Tom would like less, it. Yeah, sounds like a good show. <laughs> I I tend to watch less uh less serious stuff than that. Although occasionally I'll throw something in. I I might watch just a movie that's a little more serious. I don't know if I'm I'm into a full full series on that. Um, but for me, you know, it, it, there's a lot, lot going on. Um, I feel like there's more stuff that I want to watch than I am actively watching. This past week, not a lot going on. I think uh, it was mostly be basketball, both of both of the professional and the college type. Uh, Villanova had a tough week, um, but I think that is largely due to them missing their two best players. Uh, UConn having a good, good week, both men and women. The women today, uh, tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Monday. Or yesterday, if you listen to this on Monday, uh, just had a very big win against number ten North Carolina State. Um, so, like that's that's what I've been watching. But I have a lot on the list, and that includes World Cup started today. U.S. first game on Monday. Uh, that's going to be big on my mind. Uh, I mentioned last week eighteen ninety nine. I didn't get a chance to get into that yet, but that's from the creators of Dark. So if you watch Dark, like that was a very complicated and like mind-blowing show that you really need to get into so if that's not your style to get it's not a not a show you can casually watch uh but i'd highly recommend that and if you haven't seen dark go back and watch dark and you'll need a notepad to get through that um and that's kind of tv you need a it's, i love it though like i and i i don't think you were a big dark phantom but like me and greg loved it and you know i've talked to a couple other other people who were very high on it um, and then the last thing that I saw that I, I, I've added to my list, although not until after the, the Thanksgiving holiday, is that do you guys know a new Christmas story movie is now on HBO Max? I saw some ads for it. Yeah. Unaware of that. But um, the main character, all grown up, same guy and uh, no idea what it's about, but I assume it's going to be interesting. So I'll, I'll, I'll plan to check mm-hmm. that out shortly after after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I imagine like it's about his kid, probably, right? I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, the, the original was such a classic, BBD. I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, it's 
it's a classic. Um, so one other known. thing that I will have you seen it, BB Day? I haven't seen it. Jewish. You mm, uh, still, still. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good show, though. It's a good movie. Um, yeah. It was a staple in my household growing up. But uh, and it's on all the time. Like I think it's one of those hours. movies you just yeah, free, you just know about. Freeform plays it for twenty four hours on Christmas. Is that right? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, it used to be like TBS, but now everything's Maybe streaming. So. Yeah. Um, but one other thing I want to add before, uh, and I, I want to ask you, Tom, what else is on for you? But while I was looking at that, I saw that there was apparently a second Christmas story, like more during that time that I had no idea about. So this is the second sequel to A Christmas Story. But maybe I'll watch the first one. I don't know. So, Tom, sorry for cutting cutting into your time, but what else is on for you? Oh, we got all the time in the world. Um, so I, I've continued to watch White Lotus Season 2, um, all caught up there. I, I'm still enjoying it. I don't, I don't know if either of you guys have, have watched it yet. I haven't busted out Season 2. I really liked Season 1. I did, too. And, um, I might try to catch yeah, up think- now. Yeah, I've enjoyed season two. I've been texting with Jake about it, though, and and Greg as well. Greg likes it, like me. Jake is out. Jake's not digging it. Um, I I don't agree with his his qualms with it, though. It's still a fun hang. We're in Sicily instead of Hawaii. Um, yeah, the characters, I'd say, are like a little bit more, you know, maybe down to earth. In that first season, some of those characters were pretty over the top. And... Um, yeah, I think that some of the more the characters are a little bit more grounded this season, but I've still had a good time with it. Um, Aubrey Plaza is delightful, and uh, yeah, it's been been a good show. And then Rose and I watched my wife and I watched a uh, a movie for the first time in you know months. We watched uh, Confess Fletch, starring John Hamm. Have you guys heard of this movie or seen it? I heard of John Hamm. Did that yeah, help? John Hamm. Large so it's based off, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Chevy Chase movie Fletch from the 80s, but that was like a popular 80s movie um, that's based on a book. And so they readapted this this book for this movie, Confess Fletch, John Hamm in the Chevy Chase role. He's super charming and very fun. Uh, he's a good actor. I enjoyed it. It's a it's like a like a not almost a whodunit, but like a crime comedy thriller sort of thing. Um and it was just a good a good movie overall. Uh, I hadn't really watched a movie in a long time. And this was, uh, I, I saw Dog. I remember I talked about Dog on here a little while back and really didn't enjoy that. This was much better than Dog. That's my review. Good, uh, good, good notes. Good notes, Tom. Uh, I think after, you know, talking to you and Greg enough about White Lotus, I have to, I have to step up and start watching season two. Then we can talk about it in depth. Like we used to about like uh, about only murders in the building when that was on, just full episode reviews. All right, well, I think that that's all for this week. Uh, we appreciate y'all listening, and uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review five stars. We're on YouTube, BBD. We're on YouTube, right? We're on the tube. We're on YouTube. This you could be watching this on YouTube if you wanted to. You could see our faces. Um, please subscribe to us on YouTube uh, and follow us on Instagram at Talking Nicks, on Twitter for as long as that's a thing, on Talking Nicks at Talking Nicks. And uh, yeah, we've got a lot of content going out. We've, we've really stepped it up to start this season. So uh, good stuff, guys. We're on our A game. And we we'll, we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, until then, let's go Nicks. Let's do it.